Happy folks, this is Scott Parker, and you're listening to another scintillating episode of the Zapcast, the official Frank Zap podcast. And with me, as always, is our jujitsu expert, live from Oakland, Phil Circus. Third time's a charm. Hi, yes. everyone. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, our very own personal jam master, Jay. Joseph William Travers, Sir Joseph William Travers, the Vaultmeister, ladies and gentlemen. Hello, everybody. Recently knighted by King Charles. Oh, yeah? You were. I hope some listener is keeping a running tab of all the names that Scott calls Joe because yeah. it's adding up. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's getting, it's getting tall. <laughs> well, we're here because we did such a, a great job of not telling you what we were doing last time. I'll try to catch you all up with it. We're here discussing the 1972 iteration of a little box set called The History and Collected Improvisations of the Mothers of Invention. It is the 9LP configuration of a 12LP set that came out, or did not come out, rather, in uh, 1969. And we've been dissecting this, this set for the last two episodes. We have a document that was recently made available of the uh, 1972 track list, and we've been going track by track. And in this episode, it gets real interesting because there's a whole lot of stuff that we don't know what it is. And Joseph might. I might. So. <laughs> I might know some. Scott, you mentioned dissecting this in the past two episodes, but mm-hmm. I want to know how long Scott Parker has been dissecting this <laughs> box in years. I probably have been researching this box without much in the way of exaggeration for 35 years at the very least. Mm. I mean, it was one of the first things that I read about that just like went, oh, my God, what was that? And, (laughs) you know, the truth is that we will never know what at least what the 1969 set was unless a complete set of acetates comes forward or something. We know what parts of it were, but just to catch everybody up, if you didn't hear the last two episodes, the tapes for the 1969 version of the set no longer exist, and the tapes for the 1972 version are no longer together in that form. So, like you said, Phil, this is like a true crime podcast because it is truly a crime that this set did not come out. So, yeah. Well, just, you know, just to make sure, you know, the tapes exist. It's just that they don't exist in the same form. Yes, we need to make that clear. One of the things that the bits of chatter that I've seen online in response to these episodes was a debate, which I think we had settled a while back about Burnt Weenie Sandwich and Weasels Rip My Flesh and whether those albums were part of the 1969 set. and. The verdict on that is that Weasels was taken from that 12LP set. However, Burnt Winnie Sandwich was always its own album, right? I believe so, yeah. Had to have been. I mean, that material might have wound up in some incarnation of that set, but Frank assembled that and released it what would have been two months or so after the 69 box was supposed to come out. And it just seems like it would be too fast. Yeah, it was put together late in the year and it came out. I think it came out in early 70, Burnt Weenie Sandwich. Yeah, February. Yeah, but it was put together in 69. There's also a a C copyright of 69 on the original album. So that, yeah, so all that stuff was put together late in the year. 
so I wanted to just clarify that because there was some confusion about that. So burnt weenie sandwich does not reflect anything, probably, that was on the 1969 box set. Also, this is from our good friend Pat Busby, who, uh, you know, is a longtime Zappa scholar. Um, there is a connection between burnt weenie sandwich and the nine LP set through another waltz, which we discussed in the last episode, which was has not yet been released as of this recording, which the Hot Rats Sessions has as the title of the jam with Sugarcane Harris, where a section is on side two of Burnt Weenie Sandwich. I guess when you and Joe get to that, we can find if FZ used some of the rest of that jam in the 9LP set, or if there is a different story there. We kind of covered that in the last episode. Right. We're assuming that that's the same thing, right? It has to be. Probably, yeah. Unless it's a live mother's in, you know, jam in 6-8 somewhere. Another King Kong live somewhere. But no, I believe that it's from the Hot Rat Sessions. That's what I think. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so it's just another section of that piece. So uh, those were the two things that I wanted to get to because, um, you know, they kind of uh, piqued my interest. But would you like to jump right into part three? Wait, Joe, you got to do your intro. Is the timpani rolling? The timpani is rolling. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, get ready for the ultimate Zappa Nerd Fest, volume three. (laughs) I can't tell you how much I love that. All right. So digging into volume three, see, because the way that this 9LP box set it was not really a box set. It would have been three, three LP sets is the way that Frank wanted to release it. So volume three of the 1972 iteration of history and collected improvisations of the mothers of invention is called things that never escaped from the studio and elsewhere. So we're thinking about studio stuff here, studio stuff. And right At the beginning, we jump right into the weeds with something called Funk It, F-U-N-K. Studio Z, ladies and gentlemen, Studio Z. Really? Yep. Wow. I had no idea. Yep. It's a Studio Z composition, something that was recorded with a bunch of musicians in the studio. It's kind of like jazzy. You know, Frank was recording a lot of jazz in Studio Z with local musicians, and this is one of his jazzy type compositions and you know frank as we know didn't really like jazz but he as everybody does as a musician you know when you're discovering music for me for instance i'll speak from experience you go through phases i grew up with rock and roll but then in like 1988 i went to berkeley college of music and right before it i started even though i had heard buddy rich and big band and stuff like that i had heard jazz playing it in school a little bit but i didn't really like i wasn't like a fan and then once you start discovering it, you start learning how to play it, you yeah. know, and then you realize like, okay, I really like this and it works for me or eh, I don't really like this that much. I'm more of a rocker. You know, you like go through phases in your development as a musician. And I believe that when Frank was in his uh, early 20s, like late, late teens and early 20s, and he was at Studio Z, that was when he was going to see Miles Davis at the Blackhawk. I mean, he did see Miles at the Blackhawk, and Miles turned his back on him when he introduced himself. So, I mean, well, I, I hadn't, I did not know the story. Yeah. And as a huge Miles fan, this is just mind blowing. Yeah, that's from the vault. 
so uh, so <laughs> funk it is a composition from studio z that's slightly jazzy and you can tell he's uh working it out wow he's on guitar yeah and there's horns there's like a trumpet and sax and yeah i was actually wondering if he tracked groups with horns you know either for himself or for others at studio z because you know they had done that at pal studios all the time but i was you know like it's a kind of a mystery what he was tracking at studio z you know what it might be possible that funk it was recorded at when it was pal so it could be a paul buff session with it being a zappa composition being recorded by paul and paul's musicians it could be one of those things and then Frank just winds up with the tape because we know yes, that, of course, yeah, because a lot of the huge archive of the pal stuff came out as that Paul Buff presents, you know, yeah, but Paul wouldn't have any of Frank's personal songs or sessions or any of the stuff that Frank did during that time. Wow, my mind is already blown, <laughs> and we're one song into this. <laughs> I had no idea because you you think funk and you're thinking, you know, like he's listening to james brown or something you know that's where your mind goes but yeah oof. yeah it's early for a title with the word funk in yeah it. yeah for sure um now we could figure out what this is roy in the piano it's one minute yes that's definitely a lumpy gravy outtake or it could have been used in no commercial potential as well okay so we need to all right side trip here did we say that all of no commercial potential still exists uh, well, no commercial potential definitely exists in the vault, but it was one of those things where, from what I've noticed from the transfers that I've made, it's one of those projects that starts out very strong, and then as it gets going, it kind of falls apart. In other words, it wasn't really completely finished. Yeah. But a lot of material that was on no commercial potential ended up being on Uncle Meat. Uh, definitely cruising with Ruben and the Jets and Uncle Meat. Like, there's a lot of stuff from there. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's also things on there that didn't make any of those records, like that Toronto interview. There's a bunch of um, recordings of Bunk, Motorhead, Don Preston, and Jimmy Carl Black in the studio, and they're uh, improvising dialogue. Oh, wow. So that dialogue is used as links in between songs. Sounds familiar. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and also, too, featured. Like, it's not just a link, but it's literally, like, minutes of that. Oh. It's pretty fun. So that's what No Commercial Potential is. Mm. So that that probably, because a lot of that has been released, that's probably not what you would call a modern-day releasable project in that form. I don't know. I think it's actually kind of cool. Like, a record store day, No Commercial Potential, you know. Because it's always fun to hear the stuff rearranged in you know the way that frank was putting it together even if we've already heard it on other releases it's kind of cool to hear it in a different configuration and one that he was responsible for yeah well that kind of like what the sets that we're talking about now well like ever shall it be that's another one the great mystery album. yeah yeah exactly <laughs> now i'm gonna bet you know what this is who are the brain police harpsichord variations mm -hmm, i found it and it's part of uh, the Uncle Beat sessions. They they tracked another version. Apostolic. Wow. Yeah, because that harp wow. that harpsichord was was used extensively during those apostolic sessions. You know, it's on Uncle Meat a lot. Yeah. Oh my goodness! So you've heard this, Joe? You've heard this harpsichord? I've heard it. Variation. Yeah, yeah. Ian, I think Ian was playing that harpsichord a lot. Wow. 
continuing on with the first side of volume three, Ainsley and Phyllis, won't that hurt your kidneys? Now, we know that this was going to also be on the original 2LP version of Chunga's Revenge. That's right. Right. And it's been found. I found it. And you you did release some of that tape, right? On the 200 Motel spots? Yeah, well, that's, is that the that's, same thing? that's a little bit of it. Yeah, that's Frank's edit. This is more of that. Ooh, okay. Well, that, some of that dialogue is in the Uncle Meat movie, I think. But I'm not sure that it's the same thing at all. Right. Yeah, no, the, I believe this is exclusive material from the Ainsley and Phyllis at the record plant session. Oh, that's at record plant. I think so. Yeah. 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 Okay, so it's not at the Hollywood Ranch Market. No. <laughs> Lola Stepanski has been released. Finally. Recently on uh, Mother's 1970. Same. Well, no, it's not the same timing. This is a Two minute, 33 second version that was going to be released in 72 and the one on Mother's 1970s, 329. That's because uh, the the arrangement that they did in the studio, it's instrumental first and then the vocals come in. And this two minute, mm-hmm. this two minute, 33 second version, it starts right at the top of when the vocals come in. OK, interesting. OK, that I, I will keep that lodged in my memory so that when I go back eventually and reconstruct this with what materials i have here everybody will be doing that i know uh the wedding dress song and handsome cabin boy looks like the same version that's on mystery disc and lost episodes yes sir that brilliant version of that from i think it's from apostolic continuing on i don't know diemos tendril any idea? Or Dimos, Dimos, Dimos. Yeah, four minutes and thirty-eight seconds of a mystery song. I don't know what that could be, Ooh. but Ooh. it's from a studio, so that's interesting. You know, it's like what was the studios that was happening? Well, you know, the uh, song after it, the Charles Ives Harmonica Concerto, reminds concerto. reminds me of something that we talked about earlier on, which was Halloween in Dusseldorf slash Harmonica Fun. Yes. It's a very avant-garde piece. And here we have two minutes and 21 seconds. And our harmonica wasn't used that much with the mothers. And especially in the studio. So when Lowell George was in the band and they were over at Criteria, you know, in Miami, and they did that, they yeah. did that weird. Or was an A&R in New York. I always get those two screwed up. So this could be more of that. That's my guess. I might be wrong. Four minutes and 38 seconds of, of something. No, no. But two, I think you might be no, on two something. minutes and 21. Oh, yeah. the two minutes, 21 seconds. That appears, by the way, to correspond to the track, You Never Know Who Your Friends Are on oh, Final Moments, it, which is the same same time. Well, that's the same thing as what I was talking about. That was my, that's yeah, criteria. So I was right. Yep, that's criteria. So Dimos or, yeah, yeah Dimos Tendril, I guess we'll sure call it. Not sure what that is. Not sure. Okay. So that wraps up side one. Side two begins with an average day at the photography studio, a.k.a. my head. Absolutely. Which um, we have a bootleg, which is probably taken from an acetate of some sort. 144, one minute, 44 seconds on the 72 box. 
one minute, 54 seconds on the bootleg version. Yeah, but it's also on volume five. It is on volume five. Shorter yes. version. Yeah. Yeah. Shorter version. 121. Uh, the R.A.K. Overture. 52 seconds. Yeah. That's Dick Kunk. Richard A. Kunk. Yeah. So oh. Richard A. Kunk. And it's preceding Dick Kunk's story, which is the same thing that was released on uh, Lost Episodes. Fascinating. So do you know what the overture is? No, it's 52 seconds. It's probably just more of Dick Kunk's story. That was a long edit. The fact that there's only a minute 22 here, and I think it's pretty short on the Lost Episodes, but I found an edit of that where the story is much longer. It's a little bit more thorough. So it could be both of those things together. Interesting. Yep. Okay. I don't know why I didn't realize that it was Richard Punk. Um, so then that goes into Dick Punk's story, which is pretty much in line with the version, the slightly longer version that is available on the um, as a bootleg. Then it goes into Randomonium, which has been released to backers. <laughs> oh, it was on the soundtrack. Exclusive yeah. soundtrack. Yeah, the backer version. So that's another apostolic piece, I believe. Yep. Okay. Continuing with uh, Motors Imaginary Boogie. Now, Motorheads. Motorheads. What did I say? Motors. Oh, Motor. (laughs) Motors Head. I haven't even had a drink today. Okay. Motorheads Imaginary Boogie, which was also going to be on the uh, 2LP version of Chunga's Revenge, the unreleased version, as Motorheads Boogie, apparently from the uh, apostolic sessions for uncle meat yep i believe it that's going to be the opening track of funky nothingness coming soon we were wondering about that because somebody had asked me if that corresponds to it does oh okay do do we have the ding (laughs) it's a big ding as long as this comes out before the next release right Oh, it will. <laughs> this one will get more like a tubular bell, kind of a big ding. Yes. Yeah, there you go. Okay, continuing on. You got to turn it around slash gross man. Now, gross man appears on Civilization Phase 3. So this appears to be some sort of edit that, according to this annotated list, may include part of the Civilization Phase 3 track. I had a dream about that. And then also Gross Man. So yeah, it's it's lumpy gravy dialogue. That's all it is, right? Mm-hmm. <coughs> now I don't know how to say this. Is it Fenha and Menha or Fenja and Menja? Fenja and Menja. I don't know what it is. I mean, it's two minutes and forty two seconds. Maybe it's something from Apostolic. Now this this means literally nothing, but uh, Fenja and Menja were two prescient maid servants who were bought by the legendary Danish king. Freud when he went to a feast at a court somewhere. So I, you know, it seems like it's, it seems very deep. Love it. Very deep indeed. I've never even seen that title on any tape boxes or anything. Continuing on, we've got a three minute, 11 second edit of Pops and Buns, which is, um, well, you know, it'll all be on Meat Light, which is a much longer edit. Right. You know, I'm looking at these next two and I'm noticing that there's no underline underneath it. So anything that's underlined means that it's dialogue only. But what's interesting is that he's reaching that star and the next one, saliva can only take so much. There's quotations because both of those things are from the lumpy gravy dialogue. I'm pretty sure. I know definitely saliva can only take so much is, but if it's not spoken word, 
because there's no underline underneath it, then that means it's music. So again, these two things could be anything. Mm. Interesting. So I feel like I've heard that, not the piece, but that phrase used somewhere before. Well, I think it's on lumpy money. I might be wrong. You know, I've found myself making some incorrect statements on the first volume of this series that we're doing. So, you know, I'm not exactly positive, you know, on everything. I, I, most of this stuff I'm, if I'm for sure, I know I'm for sure, but I can also assume, you know, semi-correctly and sometimes I can assume wrong. So, (laughs) well, you know, the thing is like, we're also men of a certain age. And, you know, you have to, at some point, you have to make room in your memory. From now on, there's going to be a disclaimer at the beginning of every episode. We are men of a certain age. (laughs) And I I told my daughter a long time ago, I said, um, you know, unfortunately, in order to retain all of this arcane musical knowledge, I've had to throw out most of my memory of your childhood. But the important thing is that you remember it and that's the journey that we had along the way. You know, that's that's the important thing to come out of this. Yeah. Because so, yeah. I have to remember where saliva can only take so much comes from. You yeah, know, I've right. got priorities, god damn it. So <laughs> moving on to side three, we've got Della's whipping music, which is um speculated to be from the whiskey as uh, maybe part of the song The Whip. That's correct. From Meat Light. It's the 11-minute version of Della's whipping music. Wow. It was recorded live at the Whiskey. Della also let Frank whip her at the Shrine Auditorium. It happened on two different occasions. There are pictures of the Shrine incident, and there is film of the Whiskey incident. Yeah. And uh, I have found this 11-minute in seven second edit, I'm pretty sure I remember. What's really cool about this is, and it won't it won't be this way when you know we release the Mother's Live at the Whiskey album someday. But the thing about Dell's uh-huh. whipping music is it would be Frank's mix. And second of all, the way that this starts, guys. I mean, all right, so picture this. Okay. The song is a very sinister vamp that was improvised on the spot, and it goes something like this. Dun 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 dun. And then over top of that is Don Preston kind of soloing like, you know, Egyptian scale type stuff over it, you know, like real kind of like, you know, whatever. (laughs) And it's all sinister. (laughs) And what happens is, is that Frank starts it out where it's complete silence at the beginning of the side. And then very, very, very slowly, it starts creeping in volume. So it goes like this. It goes. And it just gets louder and louder and louder. And that's how that's how the sound starts. That's how Della's whipping music starts, everybody. Oh, my God. My mind is blown again because on the annotated version of this list, the guy put this up here, put the whip. Five minutes, four seconds, and then a uh, question mark next to it. So now we have confirmation of what this is. (laughs) Wow. Okay. Moving on, we've got the German lunch, which we have all of. We've um, eight minutes, 32 seconds. 
Uh, six minute, 42 second version was released on You Can't Do That on Stage Anymore, Volume 5. But bootleg collectors have had the full deal for a long time. There might be a speed difference that a- accounts for the difference between eight minutes, 43 seconds on the bootleg and the uh, box version of 8.32. So, and then we've got two minute, 12 second edit of the single version of My Guitar Wants to Kill Your Mama, which appears to be the same thing that was released on You Can't Do That on Stage Volume 5. You know your mama and your daddy saying I'm no good for you. Yes, but there is a longer edit of that song that will come out someday. Really? Yeah, there's a yeah, there's the, in fact it was how much it was bootlegged. <laughs> it was bootlegged. I know there's Oh a yeah, boot- that's right. There is a longer one. So the longer version will come out someday. Okay. So that wraps up side three. Going into side four. We have uh, this is interesting. Lightning Rod Man, which we've had I mean that was bootlegged back in the seventies. Which makes mm-hmm. me wonder, and parts of this particular set, of course, were bootlegged famously in the 1970s. So it makes me wonder how much of this set had leaked and where it might have leaked from and who had it. And why didn't they just leak the entire goddamn thing? Well, but anyway. <laughs> yeah, but Lightning Rod Man is a, is a, um, that came out on the Little Feet box set. Yeah. I think this was uh, something that had to do with either the factory or Lowell George, one of the two. And, factory, I think. Yeah, and that's Gail's voice that says, um, "Lightning Rod Man, you're whatever, whatever it says." Yeah, <laughs> you're super. Yeah, and then stronger than dirt is at the end of it and stuff. Yes. That's Frank. <laughs> so yeah, there you go. But only two minutes though, two minutes and three seconds. Yeah, it's, it's certainly not the full thing. It. It's interesting because there was uh, an article that I was reading that was written back in the 70s where the song was referred to for some reason as Mrs. Zappa. And I hmm. I don't know where that's the only time I ever heard the song referred to that way. So who knows? Continuing on, we have a track called Viscosity, two minutes, 44 seconds. Found it. Oh, oh. Yep. <laughs> it's a spoken word. See the underline? Right. It is spoken word. Yeah. And it is uh, bunk, bunkin' Jimmy Carl Black. It's taken from uh, No Commercial Potential. And wow. uh, yeah, it's bunk uh, talking about the viscosity. Viscosity. Just like that. <laughs> <laughs> Someday, people. You will you will hear this stuff. So dense dense light compression is uh that is from Lumpy Gravy dialogue, mm-hmm. and it's only fifteen seconds, so it's connected to it's connected to the viscosity. <laughs> yep, that's how that goes. Yep, and uh, uh dense light dense slight as it yeah. was called there was released on Lumpy Money Project Object. So oh, there you go. So there you go. Yeah. Now, here's where it gets interesting in terms of uh, something pertaining to a uh, funky nothingness, not too distant future release. Yes, funky nothingness. You want to tell them? Sure. The Tommy Vincent compressed Gregorian boogie is a title that I haven't seen. I also saw another title for those duos. There's these duos between Frank and Ainsley Dunbar. 
and uh, they're really cool. They were recorded right around the same time, if not the exact same time, of the sessions that are featured on Funky Nothingness, which is the record plant in March. And um, yeah, Ainsley was brand new, so Frank was rocking out with him and doing really awesome improvisation-type jams with him. Just him and drums, you know, guitar and drums. It's pretty crazy. Sometimes bass and drums. Wow. And uh, so there was different uh, names for some of this stuff. And, uh, you know, it's great to hear this one. (laughs) The Tommy Vincent Compressed Gregorian Boogie. I love it. (laughs) How how Gregorian is it? (laughs) Uh, Yeah, it doesn't remind me anything of Gregorian, but, you know, that that might be the joke. (laughs) Okay, so continuing on, we have the award-winning cough drop music. Well, released twice on... um, man. Yeah, Lost Episodes and Finer Moments as the Big Squeeze. Yes, the Ludens. Can you sing a little of that for us, The Ludens at... <laughs> yeah, it's really great. I love it. <laughs> that was really good. Like That's it. good. It's our first musical collaboration. Yeah. Um, Hotel Dixie and Hotel Earl is next. Now, the, the interesting thing about Hotel Dixie is one of the 12 LPs of that 1969 version of this was called Hotel Dixie. Do you have any idea what this is? Found it. Whoa! Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, this is a piece that was, uh, to my knowledge, it was recorded at Apostolic. It's a soprano, saxophone, and piano. So that means it would be Bunk and either Dawn or Bunk and Ian. And you know the part in Brown Shoes Don't Make It that goes... Do it again. Yeah. And do it again. That doesn't buy golly. It's nasty for sure. Okay, it's that section played by a soprano and uh and a piano. That's what it is. And it goes on for a long time. Oh so my that's God. that melody, wow. and then and then it solos, then they solo over it. And um, there's a slate by Dick Kunk, and he goes, Hotel Dixie, take one. And then it cuts to the harpsichord and the piano. And yeah, so that's what Hotel Dixie is to my recollection. Wow. Okay. <laughs> God, what they got up to in that studio at that time. Amazing. What if there was like a box set that was called The Authentic Remains? Of the hist- <laughs> history and improvisations <laughs> of the most invention. Well, just you know, I'm just thinking of like any any way to get this. I think I'm thinking an apostolic box. box. Yeah, yeah. So mm, either an apostolic mm. box or a huge apostolic, you know, retrospective part of something else. So yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. You weren't kidding. This this third installment is my heart is pounding. Yes. Well, a lot of this stuff <laughs> again is from. Uh, no commercial potential. So like if you took this one outside of the Tommy Vincent Gregorian boogie and you mixed in stuff from Ruben and the Jets and uh, Uncle Meat, mm-hmm. you get you get no commercial potential pretty much. Wow. Oh, uh, OK. Well, you know, th- this is why folks out there, you know, if you're male or you're female, you know, just get yourself checked out regularly health wise. Because you don't want to depart this earth before you hear this stuff. It's really, really important because these things take time and you just don't want anything bad to happen to you. So this is your public service announcement from us here at the Zapcast, the official Frank Zappa podcast. 
continuing on, both Herbies, 23 seconds, which, you know, Herbie is obviously a reference to Herb Cohen. Yes, but it's Lumpy Gravy dialogue. 23 seconds of uh, Lumpy Gravy dialogue. Interesting. So would soothing membranes be the piece that was released on Meat Light as JCB spits it? Yes. Coffee spit. Well, that really gets my mouth. I know it gets its rocks off when I do that. It's just a beautiful chick. I'm going to take it home and wane her and dine Well, anyway. Yes, and that is part of No Commercial Potential yet again. Wow. Oh, good Lord. Okay, here's a good question. So it's just slight diversion here. So the original sequence for Uncle Meat that appears on Meat Light is obviously some form uh, derived maybe from no commercial potential that's right? right yeah they were done so like right next to each other probably interesting so at that point it had progressed beyond no commercial potential right interesting okay see see how exciting this is it is the ultimate zap and nerd fest but you know it's possibly the most uh, exciting nerd fest that there ever was <laughs> so you know even if you don't know what we're talking about folks still is Continuing on, Sticks Trip. Yes. Did you find it? Found it. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> oh. It's a percussion piece improvised by Art, and it's only a minute seven, but there's actually a way longer version of it that I found, uh, multiples. Um, isn't there something like this on um, Finer Moments? Yeah, there's a there's a lengthy um, percussion. It's kind of like... I, I believe it's that. It's a, it's a, it's a part really? of that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because then that's also on Evening with Wild Man Fisher. You know, some of that type of stuff. Uh, yeah, it's exactly. They use it as background fodder. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> right. Excellent. Okay. And then we come to the last track on side four, the Whiskey A Go Go Inevitable Conclusion. Yes, that is 49 seconds and it goes. It's really funny. Yeah. And that's how that ends. The side. Oh my God. That's so great. Yeah. Imagine like, you know, listening to a side of all this madness and then that's how it ends. Exactly. It's pretty great. Okay, side five, we have pretty much all of in some form. Uh, it starts with Chucha from uh, Miami, I believe, right? Criteria? Yep. Released, of course, on Mystery Disc. Enigmas one through five, a uh, shorter edit of which was released on uh, Finer Moments. Yes. Under the same title. And the recently released full-blown Bogner Regis, which came out on uh, the Hot Ratch Sessions, relatively recently released. And then uh, moving on to side six, we have another track that was this fairly recently. This is it, recently. ladies and gentlemen. This is the last of it. <laughs> oh, is this the end of it? This far. Wow. Okay. We have made it this far, you guys. We have, and we have almost all of this. So we're going to start with Red Tubular Lighter. Yeah, man. From uh, Mother's 1970, came out a couple of years ago. Now, here's the one we don't have. The Harry Parch Bongo Extravaganza and Limbo Contest. Such a great name. 
Yeah, this un- I do. Unfortunately, I do not know what this could be. I mean, it sounds percussion esque. You know what I think it might be? Mm. I think it might be the clap. Really? I think it might be. I think I, I really think that it. What's the? How's the timing? Yeah, because it's just three twenty two. The clap is only a minute something on Chunga's Revenge. Yeah, but on on Funky Nothingness, it's unedited and it's yes. like eleven minutes, right? Wow. So my guess is is that this is a three minute and twenty two second edit of the clap. Because, you know, bongos, I mean, let's face it. What do we know of that has bongos in it? Bongos means percussion. Mm -hmm. And to me, Harry Parch is a avant-garde composer, right? Yes. So, dude, avant-garde, bongo, totally the clap. Okay. That that works for me. You spoke about these moments in one of the last two episodes where... The more you stay with it, these kind of moments happen where you realize what something yes. is. Even if we don't know what a handful of these things are, like, <laughs> this moment just happened right here. This is a historical podcast. Oh, my God. It really is. This, this is an history. advanced history. Wait, do the, do the ultimate Zappa nerd fest again, Joe. You have just listened to the ultimate Zappa nerd fest. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So we're going to wrap it up with three tracks that we have. One is Portuguese Fenders, which was on uh, Mother's 1970. It's a minute longer. Well, no, about half a minute longer on the uh, or would have been on the 72 set. The Mud Shark interview, which is a slightly longer version of what came out on Playground Psychotics under the same title. And then the Little Clanton Shuffle which uh, was on the Hot Rat Sessions. And also on Lost Episodes, Lost right? Lost Episodes as well, yeah. So this is a seven-minute version. So it's um, it's an edit between the two, the long version that appears on Hot Rat Sessions and the shorter one on the Lost Episodes. And that's your 1972 iteration of the history and collected improvisations of the Mothers of Invention. Well, you know, looking back now, it makes sense that he incorporated stuff from the Hot Rat Sessions and from the Record Plant Sessions Mm -hmm. into this. It makes sense. And those things would not have been in the 69 box, of course. Yeah. So that's what makes this version different. And the Trident Sessions, too. You know, Red Tubular Lighter is from those Roy Thomas Baker Sessions. So, yeah, he had more stuff to work with. You know, when he put the 72 version together. So I, I would say that this version might be a little bit more, uh, well, you know, had we not exhausted some of the stuff that's already been released, this would have been quite the version if we ever put this one out. Wow. You know, with all this stuff on it, you know? Yeah. Joe, I believe you have a, a reward for our patience, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> so look, there really isn't that much. I did find two acetates in the vault from the 69 set. And I believe it's 69 because of the label on it, which is uh, like LRS or something like that, which is the place where they made it. So are you ready for it? Now, the one thing about this is that I don't have the timings of the songs. That's okay. But at least I can tell you what the content are. Okay. And, And it's not, there's not a lot of surprises here because... 
it's what it is is it's everything that we've kind of gone through or everything that's been released but shuffled around in a different order and then remember that in 1969 nobody knew about any of this stuff so starts with what does it all mean that's one acetate what does it all mean so that that would have been one of the lps in the 69 box yeah. Side one of what does it all mean starts with an average day at the photo studio, Art's birth, yeah. Art's birthday, and then it goes to Boogie for Berkeley. Really? Yep, it goes to that, and it's a long, long section of that uh, mother's rehearsal. Then it goes to Halloween in Dusseldorf, which is the uh, avant-garde uh, criteria improv with uh, Lowell. I don't think it goes into the harmonica fun section, though. I think it's just Halloween in Dusseldorf. And then it goes to German customs. Oh. Cuts right to the, may I see your papers, please? (laughs) 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 And then right after that, it goes to my guitar, the short edit of the my guitar single. So that's, that's side one of what does it all mean? And those are all things that, have been either released or was intended for the 72 box set, right? All this stuff was. All right, side two. Roy is sleepy. Yes, hamburgers make me sleepy. Yes, exactly. So that's what it starts with. And then it goes to an apostolic interlude with clarinets that is unreleased. Then it goes to Copenhagen night music. Yep. Or Cascades. I forget. Uh, there's sometimes I hear, I see on the um, tape boxes, Copenhagen Cascades. But yeah, Copenhagen Night Music. Then it goes to Dwarf Nebula, the piece. You know, do 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 Okay. Then after that, instead of it going to the craziness, it goes to Kung Fu from Philly, right? Philly 69, yeah. right? Kung Fu, Igor's Boogie. And then after the Igor's Boogie, it goes to a drum solo unidentified show break, a drum solo break into a 5-8 solo section of Dawn playing, uh, you know, good and good and do, good and good and good and good and Dawn is playing and we don't know where that comes from. And then it goes to squeeze it, squeeze it, squeeze it. Then after that, it goes to the chaos of the Dwarf Nebula. You know that all wow. that all that dwarf nebula chaos, and then after that, it goes to uh, the get a little link. Where, yeah, you know, uh, we're gonna get Where a little. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah, and then that link, instead of it going to the guitar solo like it does on Weasels with My Flesh, the link continues. It's a longer link, and that's how it ends the side. Wow! Just like that. That's insane. So that's how. <laughs> what does it all mean? Happens. So that was whatever, you know, album number whatever of the 69 box. And then the other one I found was called the Orange County Lumber Truck. Lumber Truck, yes. And what is on the Orange County Lumber Truck is starts out with the Eric Dolphy Memorial Barbecue. And then at the end of that piece, it cuts to the Festival Hall show. And it it starts out with uh, the intro gong. That is not released. It's not released on the album uh, ahead of their time, and it's not on any bootlegs that I know of. I guess one of the, I think the promoter or something comes out and hits the big festival hall gong, and that's the intro to the show. And then Frank walks out and, say, and introduces the guy who hit the gong and then tells the audience, 
uh, what they're about to see, which is we have a theatrical event scheduled for you and uh, all this stuff. It's an unreleased intro. And then it goes into all of uh, an edit, basically, of all of the orchestral music, the 200 Motels Orchestral Festival Hall stuff. And that's side one. Is that with the dialogue? I, I believe there is some dialogue, but side two starts out with the dialogue. The Festival Hall play continues. Okay. Yeah. And it goes all the way through, you know, the rejected Mexican Pope and then to the agency man. And then, just like in Mystery Disc, it cuts from the Agency Man live version to the Agency Man studio version. So that blend that came out all those years later on Mystery Disc was a blend that Frank created in 69 for the 12 LP box. Wow. Yep. Then it goes to Ono, which is uh, the version that is on, um, you know, from Apostolic 67 that is on the um, Weasel's album. And it does cut to the live festival hall guitar solo for the guitar solo part. Then that famously dwindles off where Frank's like, you know, there's a curfew and everybody has to leave now because the the subway system shuts down and he just goes, and that's the end of the side. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. That is beyond freaking cool. I, you know, so I waited 35 years for this. Yeah. <laughs> so those are the two acetates that uh, we have in the vault from that. Now, if you were to take those two acetates and then combine them with the acetates that you guys have, mm-hmm. like from these auctions and that you have, a, how much material do we actually have now? We have three and a half LPs. Interesting. But what is interesting based on those track lists that for the most part, you're looking at stuff that, as you said, on, on the first episode of this series has been released. Almost all of this stuff has been. And it's amazing how much of that stuff was also going to be included in the 72 version of the set. You know, he didn't throw anything away. He kept it all. Yeah. Imagine how our brains would have been blown to bits. Yes. Had, had, had we heard this friggin box set in its original configuration back then oh my god yeah because we would we would have never heard any of that this stuff before ever nope you know it's an incredible like treasure trove of of stuff and to hear it in its original form i mean you know in, in the 69 set we'll never likely hear it in its original form but you know we have a shot at the uh, a solid shot at maybe one day hearing the 72 version or you know by the time you put everything out you know you might just be able to assemble it yourself if you you know if you're really super geeky like me and have to do things like that you bring this up scott and it's it's just amazing because we can and we will almost take it for granted that we can do that with any digital and how astonishing is it uh frank's process to continually take a razor blade and cut and repurpose and create and morph it into something else. I mean, it's all valid creative decisions he made, but it's just amazing that he did all this with tape and a razor blade. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Absolutely. Hey, I thought that this was pretty fun, actually. Oh my God, this was so much fun. You know, what a voyage we took together. I mean, we just, you know, we just went for it. And, you know, I think that our friendship was the... You know, the best thing about the journey were the friends we made along the way. You know, it's it's remarkable how 
creative Frank was in such a short, compressed period of time. This is um, an example of a consummate artist and a consummate editor just doing what he does. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm I'm very grateful that we were able to take this uh, journey here because, you know, like I said, my life's goal is to hear this stuff. So, <laughs> yeah, man. I, I thought this was super fun, and I'm glad that we all did it. And uh, you know, it's a, it's just really just a testament on Frank's creative energy, his talent as uh, a composer. Yep. Not only just composing music, but composing albums and composing works of art like this one. It's great to know that throughout his lifetime, he had a chance to repurpose. Uh, you know, I would say three quarters, maybe right, three quarters of this stuff. Mm -hmm and did get a chance to release most of it, and that's great. And while I'm still doing what I'm doing, I'm hoping to get the chance to uh, get the rest out and and more, you know, for the people that really want it, Scott Parker. And, um, <laughs> you know, I'm just thinking that, uh, <laughs> that it might be um, beneficial for you guys to continue to listen to these three episodes over and over and over again until <laughs> it gets stuck in your head. Yep. <laughs> I think you could sum up these three episodes with one simple word. Viscosity. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Zappacast, the official Frank Zappa podcast, is created by and is hosted by Scott Parker. Our producer is Phil Circus. For the latest Zappa news and more, visit Zappa.com. We're also on Instagram and Twitter at, at Zappa. Until next time, good night, boys, boys and girls. And girls.